Bonfire Babble. A sweet anonymous closet witch asks, how can I find pagan groups around me and still stay in the closet? This is a complicated question. There are, in Seattle anyway, and but this is a national group. If you're in the United States, I don't know where you are, but if you're in the United States, there's something called a meetup. And during the pandemic, they did them on Zoom, so you could totally hide. And some of them are still doing that. But you can do a witches meetup and go to that place. You can also, if you want to stay in the closet, see if there is a witches closet group. You, if you're not on our Discord, you can pop onto our Discord in whatever way you want to present yourself and you're going to find a lot of amazing witches there and pagans there that you can talk with and I know it's virtual the other way that you can do it is you can go to conferences and when that happens you just have to be careful when somebody's taking pictures videos videos like or, panels and yeah stuff. or anything like that you just have to be hyper aware and keep yourself anonymous keep mm-hmm. yourself out or wear something that makes you look completely different wear a wig <laughs> you might take yeah. a leaf out of i have a few friends who are sex workers mm-hmm. and so they do this they take the extra step to be anonymous where they have a whole different email address with not tied at all to any of their other email addresses with a different name that they use for their Reddit or their OnlyFans or their, or their like FinDom websites or whatever it is that they're doing so that it is not connected to them. Mm -hmm. So you can feel confident at least going into those digital spaces being like, I am presenting my thoughts and myself authentically. I am just using the safety screen of a different name. Absolutely. And that is okay until you find certain specific people you trust. And then you can reach out to them if you want privately and be like, hello, I have questions and I would like to talk to you about them. And here is my situation. And there are ways to be anonymous, at least online, in person. I am fortunate enough to have not had to worry too much about that just because i cavalierly too cavalierly probably just don't care how people see me and let's be honest we live in seattle yeah and we live in seattle and i grew up in a pretty small farmy place and i was one of the resident weirdos and i'm fine with that but if you're worried about your safety or you're still like or your job or your job which i don't know that's safe for your financial safety your your employee your employment safety your physical safety or even if you're just not in a place where you want to deal with judgment in person i don't i don't have as great an answer Dada's answers yeah. are probably your best bet i will say this with a caveat because yeah. i know people who are Witches are people too, mm-hmm. and witches have different opinions, and mm-hmm. there are more conservative witches, and there are asshole witches out there. Yeah. And I know a very prominent witch who doxed another prominent witch. Rude. 
which you can hear about on our podcast of an interview, one of our first people, if you want to go listen to that. And they doxed them, and it was awful. So, oh, keeping, I know who you're talking about. keeping a name. So if you do get brave enough to do in person, I think there's no shame. Or like you said, you can still be authentic with a different name. And don't take your own magic. Do another magical name, a public magical yeah. name. Not your magical name that you use in ritual and not your real name. You could even just go in there and be Brenda. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, really. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I know this sounds extreme, but if you are that serious about staying in the closet, wigs, makeup, whatever works to hide that. Celebrity avoiding paparazzi sunglasses and ball cap. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that's my answer. I think also another opportunity in person. I don't know if you have the option to travel out of your city. Oh, yeah. Very often. But if you are going on a trip somewhere... Look up what kind of metaphysical stores are in that area mm-hmm. and go in and literally, even if you don't buy anything, just talk to the people that work there. And if you come to Seattle, call us, write to us. We'll come meet you. We've done that twice now we'll, with we'll people. do that and we'll direct you to all the rad places to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are ways to connect even if you want to be anonymous. Yeah. And thank goodness in one respect for the internet for that. Yeah. Because it does help with some things. So true. Yeah. This is from Caitlin, or Bits and Bobs Divination. Hello. Hello. She, her, asks, first off, I love your podcast and always get so much out of it. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. I love your Instagram page so much. Second, I'm curious what brought you both to creating the podcast in the first place and the name and segments. Thanks for all you do. Thank you for listening. And we're very, very grateful. Yeah. Detta asked me if I wanted to make a podcast with her. So I said, yes. So that is how that happened. As far as like the name of the podcast, <laughs> we had some ideas and then they were already taken. And then we had some other ideas and they were probably going to do poorly in searches. And then we found Bonfire Babble and then we stuck with it. Corey found it. What I don't even remember I think how that went did. down. I'm pretty sure you did. But as far as the segments, those have grown. I don't remember. Yeah, you had the sparks idea. I know for sure. Yeah, and I, I know I w- we wanted to go around the bonfire. We yeah. talked about that. I don't remember how we got a library. But, but we, it was pretty early on. It was on. really early on. It's when yeah. we started doing the research. It was like, we need a library. This is library talk. <laughs> yeah, this is like research time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't even... Full disclosure, my memory is for shit. So I don't really remember. But I think it happened organically. Like, we did have a sort of plan yeah. for what we wanted it to look like. Yeah. Which has also grown. Yeah, it uh, has. A lot, but... I don't know. We brainstormed this morning before we recorded. I was talking to Tammy about something about the podcast and the differences between Corey and I, because Corey think wise is very much like my wife. (laughs) And I was saying it was like, oh, you and Corey think so fast and you can do things quickly and stuff like that. And she gave me another explanation, which I will not go into, but 
I think the way that the two of us thought fed on the creation of the segments and stuff like Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. And helped refine things. Yeah. That's what I, and I called Corey, didn't call Corey, texted Corey out of the blue in 2020 because I was in one of my meditations and on Morgan said, you need to start a podcast. Jesus Christ, has it been that long already? It has. My God. It was during the pandemic, y'all. Yeah. You were living. I was still living in. Yeah. Over in. in I was living in sort of Seattle proper. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't have a bridge. (laughs) (laughs) We recorded remotely for a long time, which I forget all the time. Yeah. Because it's so much nicer not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And now she's closer. Uh oh. So anyway, yeah. What? I, I, um, I, I'm having one of those moments. Congratulations, all of you. You're going to come with me on this little journey. Oh, yay. I'm having one of those moments where I become very, very upset that I can't remember a huge oh, chunk of no. things in my life. And I have to remember that I was really depressed and dealing with a lot. And then before that reason, my brain turned off so that it wouldn't have to feel that. And now I don't remember anything. Because I'm like trying to remember like where I was when you, I think I was on my couch when you texted me and I was like, hey, Detta just texted me. She wants to do a podcast with me. (laughs) And my ex was like, you should do it. And I was like, I should do it. And then I texted you back and I said, yes, Yes, you did. It came so fast. I was like, oh, shit, what have I done? I can't back out of it. (laughs) Yeah, which is what on Morgan said, because I kept saying, no, no, I'll do it tomorrow and said, you won't. You You won't won't. do it now. Do it now. And I was like, yes, I will. No. And this was totally like a deity moment that, you know, was a deity moment and not in your own head. Oh, yeah, this was one of them. I think, too, it's also one of those moments where. Sometimes I'll be saying in my own head, I'm going to do a thing, I'm going to do a thing. And then I say it to another person and now I have to do it. Yep. So it's like my brain making me do the thing that I want to do, but I'm too like chicken shit to do. Yeah. So I think that that is also how that felt. (laughs) So true. Yeah. So true. Heather. Caitlin. Thank you, Caitlin. Heather asks us. Do you have any insight or ideas about introducing witchy or pagan holidays and practices to children? I live in the American Deep South. Everything is very, very Christian. And we have talked about celebrating pagan holidays with our child, who's only 16 months, but still. (laughs) We celebrated Earth Day with a lot of intentions and with a sort of quote unquote ritual to it, but it's obviously far off from full witchiness. I respectfully disagree with that assertion, but I'll get there in a second. (laughs) I guess I'm trying to celebrate this with my child as I make my own gentle transition into my spirituality. I am so glad you asked this, and I think this is a great question, and I would love to hear what you have to say first. Oh, okay. Uh, Being in the Deep South is, I think, scary, because I know, because I grew up there for until I was seven. There are some amazing books that are out there that you can introduce your child to that feel very nature-bound without deity, but talk about honoring, and just like you said about the ritualistic, but it's all... 
It sounds like until they're at an age where they can choose to discuss it, it might not be safe for them to discuss. That's the vibe I'm getting from this question. Mm. And I don't think you're wrong. What I like to do in that is boil it down to its essence. Mm -hmm. Just kind of like what we were talking about with the closeted. Mm -hmm. If you, what is... What is May Day? You're not going to talk about sex with your child until they're much older anyway. It's about flowers and welcoming back the spring and rebirth, gardening and all of those things. So you can talk about the essence of that. And Halloween, Samhain, mm-hmm. I don't know how deep you are. I know that some places or some religions even that might be around you don't celebrate it. But that is a great one to be able to celebrate with your child if mm-hmm. other people around you are celebrating Samhain. And then you can talk about ancestors and talking to the ancestors. Mm-hmm. And you can talk about that because even Christians talk about that kind of stuff. So introducing mm-hmm. them to ancestor work, you can do that in a safe way. I'm trying to think through all the holidays in bulk. Spring, Easter. S- yeah, East Easter is austera. You know, yeah. I mean, is yeah. S- yeah. So you can incorporate a lot of the things that Christians are already doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that also, I think that's a great point. But I also mm-hmm. think, I and I also think, not but, I also think, and I also think, mm-hmm. I, I am not a parent, but... <laughs> But I have a lot of friends who are, and I know how I was raised, and I know the things that I loved about it and the things that I wish had maybe been clearer or different or better explained or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was once a child, and I try not to forget that. But I think, especially really early, you don't need to worry too much about explaining the sort of systems Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to explain why this is different or why we do this instead so much as just explain, here is how we celebrate and don't introduce, I don't know, I want to say politics of it, but like the... Yeah, no, that's a really great way to say it. Yeah, don't worry about introducing the the politics of why you do this and instead just introduce the, the joy of doing this and, and the personal reasons for why and then Mm -hmm. when they are older and they start asking questions you start introducing the more nuanced things of here's why we do it this way and here's why you might not want to talk about it yeah just for safety reasons yeah it would be the same conversation i would have in the deep south where they're passing anti-trans i actually mm. don't know what i would do actually i'd i'd, I'd move and that yeah, <laughs> so i don't know what i would do there I, either. I don't know i think you're in a hard situation i think also though yeah. i think also the spiteful part the petty part of me <laughs> not spiteful petty part of me is if the complex of the church can appropriate all kinds of shit and call it their own. Oh, yeah, the Christmas tree. There's no reason why you can't just malicious malicious compliance your way into the pagan holidays in that way. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't want your child to think that they're oh we're doing it because of Christian, then then yeah. you just you, you listen just, to yourself, listen to who who's around you, mm-hmm. listen to how safe, and give them words. Yeah. 
Find words that you can say safely that will be innocuous enough that they could repeat. Yeah, that's the tricky thing. That is the tricky thing. Because kiddos are not going to understand necessarily not to talk about why we have a Yule log. Yeah. Just actually, there are ways around that one. That can be a cultural thing. Oh, sure. So if you go to Yule Logs and stuff like that, if you have any German in your history, yep. in your, you can talk to them about my that. Scandinavian and, family you know, or whatever. My, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. However, if you're a person of color, which I don't know if you are or not, it's a little bit harder because, yeah, you'll still run into that oh, yeah. too. This next thing I say completely and totally without judgment, and I really do mean that. And if you listen to the podcast, you know that I mean that. As someone who never stayed in the closet, I like burst out because I was in a safe place and was also probably a little bit stupid. And also as a parent, it's not my place what choice to tell you to make. And not all of us can just pick up and move. We don't have that privilege financially. And sometimes you don't want to move because it's your home and it's been your home for a very long time and there are lots of really great things about it and it's just all those really really extreme right wingers i just want to call them trumpers or desantises that are making it hard for everybody else and they are a small amount but they're a powerful amount especially when you're the minority among them i just want to remind you and there are lots of resources out there to help you with this to recognize that you're living in the closet and there are certain emotional taxes that come with that so that you don't have to pay too high of a tax. Just get ahead of it, check it out, and do the best you can. And please know we are wishing you all the luck in the world. Heather, I just want you to call me. (laughs) I I want you to call me and Zoom me and I just want to talk with you for the next 18 years as you go through this and see if I can help in any way, shape, or form. I think the TLDR on this is probably lean into the practices that already exist. Mm -hmm. Make them specific to your family rather than to any kind of specific faith. Make them specific to in this house on Easter we garden and we eat hard-boiled eggs and milk buns and celebrate the coming of spring. We look at this pretty woman here on the mantle. Yeah, we, we even if that's not safe to yeah. do, we look at bunnies yeah. because bunnies are everywhere anyway. We look at eggs, we look at flowers, we look at... Yeah. The Bridget's Cross is a Christian thing. Like it started that way, like it didn't start that way, but it has been a, become appropriated by Catholicism. So in some places, probably you could get away with one of those. Although some places, Catholicism is considered a cult as well. I am not going to comment on that particular statement. Yeah, but by Protestants, though. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I grew up in the Baptists absolutely think they're devils and heathens. Yeah. 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 Goodness sake. It's all different fonts. I know, y'all. Same same God, different font. So Uh, Heather, yeah, anytime. Yeah, just anytime, (laughs) reach out. And and like Dennis said, just lean into what's there. And I would say just make it specific to your family rather than a faith. Maya asks, what is your favorite thing about living in Seattle, the Pacific Northwest? How has living here impacted your magical practice? Corey? I was literally just talking about something that has impacted my magical practice. When I was out with my besties yesterday... I went on a hot tub boat yesterday, everybody. Woo! 
it's just about the coolest fucking thing you can do and we're gonna do it again in october i want to go it's so fun i mean i it's I so fun have to do that it's the best <laughs> it was wonderful totally worth it totally joyful and good and wonderful but we were talking about people who don't notice or appreciate nature around them and by nature i mean things like the mountains or the like beautiful rolling like grain or wheat or crops or whatever is around you like the sky the water like people who just don't notice things like that Mm -hmm. and i think that's it's wild when people don't live in a way that is i am experiencing my surroundings Mm -hmm. um, because i can't imagine it and the the as cheesy as it sounds incredible majesty of nature around us oh yeah and the mountain was out yesterday hugely impactful yeah she was out she had a cute little hat on for part of the day i love her (laughs) she did she did i love it when she has a little hat on a little cloud hat and i love it when she has a little cloud skirt on so you can't see the base it's so fun and cute but just the ability to be in the presence of these humongous like monstrously big epic landscapes i can't drive down marine drive without crying when it's a clear day like every time and i've done it a few times now every time Mm -hmm. i'm just like it's so pretty but i think that there's a sort of powerful feeling in the pacific northwest that is a sort of amalgam of the mountains and the forests and the ocean they have created a swirling sort of energy up here that i feel in my magic yeah i love living up here what's your favorite thing about it i used to be the temperate weather but climate change is really fucking that one up oh yeah it is hi cody and but i also like i really love for the most part the people i really love the opportunities to enjoy nature the incredible food the incredible craft ciders uh there's a lot of sensory experiences in the pacific northwest that i just really enjoy what about you i feel really privileged to live here Mm -hmm. like in a huge huge way absolutely we're not perfect Washington state is not perfect. Oh, heck no. Yeah. The Western Washington is not perfect, but we're pretty darn lucky. And by that, I mean, we're still fighting really hard for democracy and we usually win. We do have, and I'm getting to a point with, with, with that about politics and stuff as well, which means that I can be an out witch. I can be an out lesbian. I can in most places in Seattle, kiss my wife without worrying. However, I was in the Enumclaw yesterday, and although there is some, I mean, my friend is there, and she's liberal as fuck, I drove by signs that are still supporting Trump and saying that we have an incompetent president, even though our economy is better, our health care is better, even the people who are complaining about it have better things that they're not paying for. And so I I feel very lucky living here in Seattle. And that is a huge impact on my magic and my life Mm -hmm. because I get to feel, for the most part, fairly safe. So when I'm doing my magical activism, 
I'm coming from a place of, I have this, I want everybody else to. Mm -hmm. Not a place of, oh my God, somebody's going to knock down my door and I'm going to die. Yeah. And, or I'm not going to be able to get the self-affirming health care. And if I had a womb right now, I would be able to say, oh gosh, at least we have a three-year stock of that medicine that will allow me to take it because our governor did that. And if you don't think that impacts your magic, oh my gosh, y'all. It Feeling safe? Impacts everything. Yeah. Yeah. And all the things that Corey just said, as you all know, I'm a huge nature person and I live in that. She is the Wunsler. She speaks for the trees. (laughs) Oh, that's the Lorax, not the Wunsler. The Lorax. She is the Lorax. She speaks for the trees. I would love to be that. But also, if you aren't that nature person, you can go downtown Seattle and, okay, it's not New York City or anything like that, but there's metal down there. You can live in an apartment. You can have that city life. Capitol Hill, you can go up there. Yeah, so that's, I'm grateful about that. I'm grateful about, obviously, all of the nature. I'm grateful that I live in West Seattle so that I can, a five-minute drive away, I can walk down to the water, which I've shown a lot of you on Instagram, Mm -hmm. down at Alki, and I can walk through Lincoln Park, which I've also shared. Yeah. That's something beautiful about, that's something beautiful about the city is that you're never more than a quick bus ride away from a park. All of the nature yeah. is so fabulous. The mountain being out yesterday, and we happened to take a drive yesterday so we could see it for a long time. It's thundercloud it's, season, oh. and when you catch it just right, the way the mountains stand out in contrast to like low, dark clouds behind them yeah. is just about the mm. most breathtaking thing. And eerie and gorgeous. It's gorgeous, because it's sunny where you are, mm-hmm. and it's dark behind the mountains and because the sun is on the side where you are it's making the mountains colorful and clear and crisp and then the dark clouds behind them is just like the most beautiful thing here's the other magical i I agree with you oh my god so so completely so beautiful the other thing i think about living here is if you drive around the state i I, I don't think it's just me, but it might be. It, it might be somebody who's in, not just me, but people who are really in tune with energy. Mm-hmm. I can drive around Seattle and feel the land spirits and feel the freedom and feel the the grief yeah. and and hurt, but also the higher vibrations because there are so many people working for the same thing here. Mm-hmm. And I can go to other parts like... I went down to Enumclaw, and I still felt a lot of that. And literally, even before I saw signs or anything like that, felt pockets of, ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, lots of death. I get death. I get restriction. Mm-hmm. I get oppressive, that kind of, and, and a little bit of fear. And I have to fight through that and go, nope, look around yourself. I'm safe. And, but... But I want to focus on the positives mm-hmm. because I feel so much of the work that I want to have happen all over the world mm. in this area. Yeah, And again, that feeds my magic and it helps me keep going. And I try to share that with everybody that's not here as much as possible. I love that. Yeah. Because Eastern Washington is beautiful. I mean, it's a fucking desert, but it's a beautiful desert. And there's lots of apples. Mm. Lots mm-hmm. of apples, lots of strawberries, lots of wine. 
<laughs> but also lots of other stuff. So anyway, yeah. move move to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> move to the Pacific Northwest. So remind me who asked this one because the name isn't here. Oh, I didn't put it in. Periwinkle Witch. We have a few questions from our very own Periwinkle Witch. What do you say? I'll read one, then you read one, then I'll read one? Okay. Okay. Because there's three. And you don't want to hear me read all the questions. Well, you don't want to. (laughs) So they said, I'm going to read the message because it's cute. I'm not sure if you meant before the 27th or the 27th itself for submitting questions, but I've been able to think of a couple. They are a bit more about asking you to expand on things you've already mentioned, if that's all right. Hey, that is all right. Totally. That's totally all right. The first question is, and I have a little content warning here for folks, mentions of blood and menstruation. So if that gives you the ick we'll put a little time thing in the description some people don't want to talk about blood and i get that what are some of your ideas for spells rituals or other ways to use one's menstrual blood could you expand on why it can be such a powerful ingredient now i have thoughts on this but i'd like to hear yours first (laughs) i used mine all the time i collected it and used it and now i think there are ways for all of you to collect it even more efficiently Mm -hmm. Menstrual cups, baby. Yeah, yes, exactly. I think it is a powerful in just about a a powerful spell ingredient in just about any spell you want to work. I think blood magic itself is one of the most powerful forms of magic that I've ever participated in. I love it. I don't get grossed out by it. I was in tune with my femininity my womanness my why i know i'm not (laughs) non-binary or a they or a he very much a yeah cis lady yes i am very much a cis lady i also don't want to assume that non-binary or even men don't connect to their menstrual blood Uh, it may be exactly the same way that i do or it could be completely different but For me, in my time and in my space at a younger age, and and now, even though I don't menstruate anymore, those were the things, those were the elements that I turned to for answers about myself. I just found a real connection with them, and I have no clue if that makes sense or not, but hopefully it does. It also makes me, I think, using your menstrual blood makes you sympathetic. Sympathetic's wrong. That makes it feel like, oh, you're so wanting. And and it's not that. It feel more, I feel, I felt more in tune with how much they needed what they were, how much they needed their identity. It made it really easy for me to understand gender fluidity. Mm, interesting. Really easy. And I... When I knew I was having my hysterectomy, I saved some, and I still have some of it, and I have that for me in a jar that it's very dry now, but it's important to me, and I obviously won't use it for spell work, but it is, it's an important reminder of power that I am a part of and will continue to be a part of with or without a womb. For which sure. I, which I do not have anymore. Yeah. So... I, as far as more specific, that would be a podcast. I mean, a whole podcast. A whole podcast. Yeah. And and maybe we should do that and we can just talk about blood magic because yeah. it's powerful shit. I think broad strokes, yeah. it can be used in almost any kind of spell yep. 
that you want to amplify. Yes. Um, yes. But to talk specifics about specific spells you'd use mm-hmm. it for. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's like... very, yeah, very briefly spells I have used it for is spells that I, I need badly to work. Things that I need very badly to work. And when I specifically, it's not that I don't trust that my own power will get it there, but when I know that my own power needs a boost. Because, I don't know, I think, I talk about menstruation a lot. (laughs) Because I think that when we make it this like ambiguous euphemistic thing, it makes it I don't know, there's a lack of understanding and there's a, like a, people don't trust ache and they fear the things they don't understand. And I don't think menstruation should be a thing that is feared because if you have a uterus and you menstruate, it is a huge part of your physiology and your body. And perhaps you're a person who that creates a lot of dysmorphia for you around your body mm-hmm. and you're taking steps to, to stop the menstruation process in whatever way that is, whether that's an IUD or or gender-affirming surgery or whatever. But for me, it is about it is about I I need this thing so badly to work that I am willing to give of my own body to make it happen. Which is not a lot of spells for me. Usually I'm very much, I think I can get it there. And if I can't, I'll try a different approach and whatever. But I also don't do a lot of magic very often that requires a immediate powerful resolution, which is when I use blood. Wow. So I, I save I save it, but I also don't use it very often. So if I'm having, this is going to be so too much information. So if I'm having like a really heavy month or something feels unusual or there's just like a lot going on, I will save that because something unique was happening and I don't know what it was, but my body is saying something unique is happening. So I'll take advantage of that because otherwise I'll just get mad (laughs) because I'm like, ow, 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 why? It looks like the fucking first scene in Carrie in my bathroom right now. What is going on? Everything sucks. But yeah blood magic is a whole thing and it you don't if you don't menstruate you don't need it like for your magic you don't you don't so don't think that that makes you any less i don't know yeah divine feminine witch or whatever it doesn't yo yeah i and i hope i was emphasizing that okay cool Um, just to reiterate (laughs) Uh, because magic shouldn't alienate and and just if just because you don't bleed every month or whatever that's okay but that's the kind of stuff I use it for. Yeah. Yeah. We do need to do a whole podcast on this because there's also, I was so regular, you all, even with all the fibroids oh, yeah. and shit that I had. Regular is prayer when Every I was on the pills. Every single full moon. And so, like you do with your water, your moon water, yeah. you can do stuff like that label your blood mm-hmm. and anyway whole podcast, whole podcast. We'll, we'll do it we'll do it we'll do it periwinkle okay what are some of your suggestions for someone who has struggled actually getting astral travel to work on purpose i feel like despite the teas spells sachets and meditations i'm struggling to actually make something happen happen <laughs> my knee-jerk reaction is have you tried smoking a fat bowl but 
not everybody is into the weed or is not legal where they are. So that's kind of my jokey answer. But I think it's a good answer, though, too. <laughs> it, uh, it's a whole thing. Um, or eating really dark chocolate, mm. like really dark chocolate. But I also struggle with this. So I hear you. And if I had a consistent solution to offer you, I would. I don't. Uh, sometimes I have to be very sleepy. Sometimes I have to be very wired. Sometimes I have to be very focused. Sometimes inspiration strikes me at a weird moment that is random and I didn't I didn't mean to do it. I've only ever successfully... You consider my path working astral travel. Or at least you've said something to that effect. I... Th- it feels like it to me, but if, if you don't, it feels then a little bit different to me. So if yeah. you count astral travel, I've done it a bunch of times. But if you don't, and I, I don't know that I do, I'm not sure. I've only really astral traveled like twice, maybe mm. once or twice, and that used to really frustrate me a lot because I was like, why can't I do this? And now I don't fixate on it as much. When I feel inspired to do it, it feels more natural, but that's not super actionable advice, which it doesn't feel actionable to me. It feels very passive, but that is the only way I've been able to attack it. So how about you? I first want to address the way you worded the end of the question. You're struggling to actually make something happen. Mm. So I think your weed idea is great for that. (laughs) I talk a lot about a relaxed state of readiness. Mm -hmm. And some people will say, oh, you have to get into the alpha state or the theta state or that in-between alpha and theta state, which is also very, very helpful. But a relaxed state of readiness does feel like an alpha state to me. And what that means is, I, I think I've defined it before, but let me let me do it. You're very conscious of what's going on, but you're relaxed and you're not trying to make anything happen. It's like when you look at one of those magic pictures, which I used to struggle with all the time, the hidden picture. And, and so soft focus, start with your eyes open, Do that soft focus, get your peripheral, which is a great exercise for a lot of things anyway. Start practicing the meditations that allow you to go into an alpha state. Yeah. I was just checking my peripheral. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just (laughs) soften that focus. Keep it soft. I'm actually going to be teaching some classes on this, and I'm happy to have you. I hope you all come. I... The other thing, and I want to say again, I am not a doctor, I am not a mental health professional, and I do not want to encourage you to do anything that is going to make you unsafe, and in this instance, even uncomfortable. I know we say being uncomfortable and being unsafe are different, but in this situation, it's not. So what I'm, the other thing I'm going to suggest is, if you have ever disassociated... <laughs> You know that feeling when you disassociate? Yes. It is so very similar to astral travel, which is why you need to be so safe and have your tethers in place, or other people call them anchors, I call them tethers. You have to know what astral travel is, in my opinion, to keep yourself safe. But the feeling that you get with astral travel is incredibly 
similar to disassociation. So if you have disassociated, know that that might, or, and you know what? I shouldn't say that. It is to me. Mm. To me, it is similar to that. Yeah, keep trying, take more work. I mean, take, take workshops, read about it, keep honing your intuition, keep honing your anchors and your tethers, yeah. Reach out to a yeah. deity too if you have one. Yeah. I would say if this was something that I wanted to focus on at night when I was doing my thank yous to my deities, I would say. And I am open to the experience of of intentional astral travel. Mm-hmm. If you would help with that, <laughs> please. Yeah. Like you can ask and that's totally okay. That's great, Corey. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Because <laughs> I forget. Of course, asking is yeah. great. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. The is. third question we have here is, what are some ways you both practice trusting your intuition and personal opinions on things? I feel like I have a hard time believing something unless I get a confirmation from an outside source. And that's something I want to work towards improving. I really appreciate the language you used around that. Because it doesn't sound like a, and I want to fix it, and I'm doing it bad, and I want to do it good. Thank you for being, even framing it in that way, because yeah. that's, I think that's really good and healthy to frame it in that way. Yeah. I've talked a bit about mine. You go first. I think it's hard. It is hard. I still fuck up sometimes. For sure. I did something recently. It wasn't any big deal, but I was like, I should have gone with my first instinct. But I know people who their second instinct is better than their first instinct, and they know that. That is not the case with me, and I know better. And I still don't listen all the time. And I'm, I will say that for me, what I realized in that moment after doing this for years and years and years and years is that I have a block Mm. and I have to clear that block. So I don't know if that's your case or not, Periwinkle, but I would check that first. Is there a reason you, can you physically identify your intuition? Can you mentally or spiritually or gut you can't explain identify your intuition and if you can if you know those things then if you can what's stopping you start asking that question what's stopping me from hearing my intuition what's stopping me from trusting myself what's stopping me from trusting my intuition here's something that i learned about three years ago also really late in life so all you newbies i would love you to learn it now make decisions make decisions it's so hard i i've taught it forever in acting class of you don't have to yeah make a choice you don't have to marry it it doesn't have to you don't have to commit to it forever i think you said something in an earlier question actually Mm -hmm. about not yeah you don't have to marry the choice that you make but you have to make a choice so this is what i have done and i've done it so much since january actually i thought i'd been doing it I realized how much I said, hey, what do you want for dinner? What do you want for breakfast? I get asked that question a lot. And I'll say, I don't know. Where do you want to go? No, I don't do that anymore. I now I'm starting to say, I want to go here. And that way, if the person doesn't want to go there that's asking me, they can say. Yeah. And I have never had a problem saying, I want to listen to this station. I am control. I am in control of the radio when I am driving. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not driving, <laughs> not 
or when I'm in the backseat. I am in control of the radio. Yesterday, I'm doing the opposite stuff as too. I really, truly was okay with anything. Mm-hmm. And since that's a place I'm always in control, I felt comfortable going, no, you can listen to what you want to. But in other places where I've just let my voice go along with things, mm-hmm. don't do that anymore, everybody. Yeah. I learned that from Corey. <laughs> I've gotten really good at like, if we, one of my partners is like planning a date, they'll say, they'll be really cool about being like, do you have a place in mind or would you like me to choose? Cause That's then, great. Because then I can say, any one of these three places would be yep. cool. I yep. love giving a three. Yeah, me then, too. I like, I like Then I've too. said what I'm in the mood for, but also given them the opportunity to also choose. Yep. Because they asked me in the first place, but I can't narrow it down past three. So can you please narrow it down past three? That's It's, mm-hmm. it's a teamwork thing. Yeah. But also, a couple of things is... How are you so sure that the outside source is right? Oh, that is a great question, Corey. Do you know what I mean? So, like, it it feels good to have our opinions and thoughts corroborated and validated by an outside source. But how do you know it's right? Ultimately, you only know what's right in inside of yep. you. And so, th- just something to think about yeah. when you're, like, looking for that outside validation or confirmation is so- how do you know that's right though um, we've been recording for a long time the animals, the animals are, are getting, getting restless. restless we have one question <laughs> left after this but i also think here i'm gonna get really vulnerable with you for a second i trust my gut implicitly about people i can tell when a thing is haunted like really clearly and easily it's like a weird uncanny thing i can do not like a, haha, that house looks haunted. Like a, that is a haunted home. Or if I'm in an antique store, I'm like, ooh, hey, don't buy that because that's fucking haunted. The problem that I have is literally this question sometimes is trusting that I know what my gut is saying. And then if I, even if I do trust it and I see it, rationalizing ways that it is wrong oh gosh yes and what happens here's the vulnerable part what happens when you do that is you end up in a relationship for 10 years where you're taken for granted and absolutely don't see it until the world stops and you have to slow down enough to see it there are very few choices you're going to make in your whole life that have irreversible consequences most things can be mitigated, reversed, fixed, adapted, pivoted. There are very few decisions that are permanent right. or devastating, right? Trust your gut. And if it is wrong later, if it is proven wrong later, acknowledge that it was proven wrong in that moment. apologize or or work with yourself however you need to on that in a way that doesn't make you feel ashamed or blamed or anything like that because you did the thing in that moment that felt correct and sometimes the thing we feel in a moment feeling correct isn't and i would rather have i don't have regrets i don't regret the last 11 years of my life 12 years whatever the fuck i don't know sure i don't regret it because i learned a lot of things It makes me sad to think about all the time that I could have spent being treated better. 
Mm-hmm. But I like who I am as a person. And I know that a lot of who I am as a person has been created in the crucible of those choices. But what I will say is, while I don't have regrets, I would rather have trusted my gut and been proven right or wrong than to have known what the fuck my gut was saying and ignored it and rationalized it anyway. Sing it, amen, sister. I would rather apologize (laughs) for my gut being wrong, but following it. Yes. Than to ignore it and and letting rationalizations and what ifs rule my choices. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I think... The decision-making thing. Make a choice. Make a, making a choice and owning, even if it's wrong later. Yep. Make the choice. We literally just talked about how you th- might have thought things or believed things that were wrong, and you look back on them and you go, oh, God, and you cringe. Yeah. This is the same thing. It is. Commit, commit in the moment and know that the world changes and you change and the situation is going to change. And here's the other thing, too. If you fail, and hopefully you will, yeah, you'll learn. So much. And then you'll start to learn, oh, that's not the feeling I need to trust. Yeah. Because I promise you that failure, will you'll start to feel it. Because my failure, <laughs> yeah. quote unquote, I felt the failure of not listening the way you're talking mm-hmm. about. And I know that feeling now. So yesterday, so confidently, I was debating something. I was like, yeah, no. I went, no, I know this feeling. Yeah. I was going to go with that second choice, and I know I'll regret it later. I'm going to go with my first choice, and it felt fucking awesome. It does feel so awesome. Because like now I know when I start getting that gut feeling that I would get and then rationalize away, Mm -hmm. I know now to stop and examine what's going on and make a choice. That feeling for me also is starting to take on a color. Ooh. The the failure color. Interesting. Yeah, it gets really, really gray for me. So listen to all your senses and Mm -hmm. yeah. Again, whole other podcast on every single. (laughs) All right. Am I reading this? Yes. Okay. We have one last question. Okay. My tween has been having some trouble sleeping due to fear of the dark and nightmares. They aren't having that many nightmares, but they are so afraid of having one that they have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep. They have been sleeping with their light on for weeks. They went through this They went through this when they were younger, but grew out of it. And then recently it started again. Any suggestions for a sachet or something I can make for her to sleep with to bring her peace and sweetness to her dreams? I have two suggestions. Okay. Off the bat. Okay. If this child is not lactose intolerant, I recommend a small cup and this is such an old-timey thing, but I swear to God it helps, of milk and honey. Warm milk and honey. It is sweet. It is rich. It makes you sleepy. It is a little treat, which is a, which is a positive association to make with bedtime. So that's a psychological boon there. But I would also recommend a stuffy, 
into which you together put a heart or a a spell or something, something that says, this is my stuffy Rolf. I don't know why Rolf from the Muppets just came to mind, but why not? (laughs) This is my stuffy Rolf. And inside of this stuffy is the power to keep me safe so that even if I have nightmares, I am safe from them and they will pass and Rolf will keep me safe. Something that you do together, I think, would be really beneficial here. Positive associations with bedtime and honestly just honoring the nightmares that they do have and and it sounds like you're not minimizing this fear and i think that's good Mm -hmm. like continuing to honor that this fear is very real for them and it's causing problems and and just validating and legitimizing their discomfort around bedtime and working together to get past it. Okay, I have a couple as well. There is this great turtle. And there are also a lot of other devices like this now. But there is this turtle that has light on it. And it has different colors, light, color lights. Green or blue or amber or all three of them. They can cycle through it. It's absolutely gorgeous and wonderful. And it is my new baby gift because they don't make the glow worm anymore. Get me fucking started. I know. They make a glow worm. It's not the same. But I've also bought it for teenagers and tweens because it's absolutely awesome. And if they can sleep with any sort of light, let them turn that on at night. Mm -hmm. So there's one thing there. The other thing that I'm going to suggest if you think they're ready for it is start teaching them how to lucid dream. Because if they can, and if they get in there at all, and they can observe the dream, then they can tell themselves, this is not happening, I'm dreaming. Wow, that's really scary. I wish this wasn't happening. I wonder if I can go someplace else, or maybe I can wake up. Wake up for a moment and reset. Now, I have also had the experience of waking up and going back to sleep, and the same dream starts over again. Mm-hmm. Or picks right up where it left Yes, off. or picks right up. Ugh. And lucid dreaming is one of the only things that I have that helps me. Because then I start to then ask once, but I'm an adult and I've been doing this for a very long time, What what is happening that I need to know? What Where is this coming from? And knowing who asked this question I suspect they've already talked to their child about what's going on in their life that might be contributing Mm -hmm. to these ideas. And now I'm going to go extreme here a little bit, everybody. I am not saying this is happening, but why not be safe rather than sorry? Clear the room. Oh, sure. Yeah, just do a big cleansing of it. Do it a lot. Give them a spray that they can spray every single night before they go to bed or if they wake up and can spray to get rid of whatever energy might be around them. But making sure that energy is not in the room, put wards around the room. If they're open to this, let Mm -hmm. them pick what the wards are. I mean, their favorite character that they see as a protector in 
some show that they watch around the corners or posters or decorating their room in a way that for their mind, for what they identify as protecting them all over their room Mm -hmm. and their windows and all of that kind of stuff. There is also a really great sachet that has moonwort pods in it and beans and lavender and I've added a couple other things that was inspired I it was inspired by the book of life no not the book of life yes yes the book of life the cartoon no oh. the the one that we reviewed the oh, discovery of witches, discovery of witches there yes. we go took me a while to get there in I think it's the ninth chapter or whatever like that she is working with her aunt and they're creating this nightmare sachet for kids and the beans and and it's the same kind of thing that you're talking about with the stuffy Mm. and the heart in the stuffy it but it's something that they can clutch onto and hold onto and it's it's thick enough the beans make it thick enough that they hear the sound and they can rattle the sound love it to get rid of stuff or even a gourd with rattling stuff in it that they can rattle in the night Mm -hmm. again that's just an energy a bell to jingle something Mm -hmm. exactly and but they can hold on to it and also if they feel like they want to throw it they can freaking throw it Mm -hmm. and you can put whatever herbs in there that one dispel and two help sleep Mm -hmm. if you want to do mugwort horrible smell but mugwort you can put it with something else that'll balance the smell out lavender yeah (laughs) mugwort i would i would i would really see how that affects them because it can either bring in good dreams or might amplify the dreams they're already having so just be careful on that one mm-hmm. lavender's usually pretty safe if they like that smell and if not reach out for more suggestions for herb stuff yeah for sure yeah as yeah. a as a person who had night terrors mm-hmm. consistently as a child and then in certain circumstances as an adult and who until very recently had nightmares every single night without fail. They were never good. There was always nightmares. Wow. I'm so sorry. I would say, first of all, it feels so unfair because even when your life is going smooth and good and it's still happening, it feels so unfair. And secondly, I wish that someone had, to be fair, I kept a lot of things hidden as a young person because I didn't want to burden anybody with my problems. That is not a healthy way to proceed. So if you do that, just keep that in mind and try to try to see how what you can do to reach out of that pattern and, and find another pattern that isn't that. But I wish that I had had somebody include me in a way to fight back against them. So I love Dada's idea of putting clearing the room and doing words, but I encourage if they are like if they are are willing to help with that, give your kiddo the power and agency to protect themselves alongside you protecting them. Yeah. Because that's going to be so powerful because that's they're why. they're going to know that even if they have a nightmare or a bad dream they are protected they are safe because you are protecting them and because they have done the work to protect themselves and as an adult who is still afraid of the dark 
I am still very afraid of the dark, like a lot. Like sometimes when I am home by myself because my mom's on a trip, I will freak myself out real bad. Mm. So there have been nights where I have slept with all the lights in the house on, which is not sustainable or good, but here we are. I agree with the idea of a nightlight situation. For some kiddos, like a, a twinkly pretty nightlight that has like little glowy mushrooms or a little glowy creature, that can be really helpful. For others like me, I see shadows when I have a nightlight. It is not helpful for me. It makes the dark places in the room worse. (laughs) So just try some stuff on and include kiddo in any protection stuff you do. That's why I like the turtle. Mm -hmm. You can see everything. There are no shadows. That's nice. And there are stars and pretty twinkly lights. Oh, sure. But you know what? Since I don't have a problem... I would love to see if you see shadows with this thing on. Maybe. Yeah. And the protection thing that you're talking about. Yeah. That's why I think teaching them how to lucid dream Mm. gives them a very powerful tool to protect themselves. Yeah. Also a journal. Let them write it. Let them write it down in the morning. A dream journal. You know, write it out. Some kind of catharsis to get it out of their body and brain. Yeah. Yeah. Let them uh, teach them a ritual that they can do to burn it away before or after or both i will share yeah i'll share with you one more time my my sleepy time blessing you can adapt it if you want but every single night before i go to sleep i say may my sleep be sweet and deep may my rest be thorough and nourishing and should i dream may i move through the dreaming with the power to change it to its highest good like that is that is something i say every single night and for other reasons i haven't been having nightmares but they are not an option for a tween Mm -mm. so just offer them offer them all the armor that you can so that they can take part in slaying that particular monster if anybody else ever has questions that they want to submit to us you can do that at any time on instagram or gmail or on the patreon or discord Mm -hmm. and just let us know and we will save them for the next time we decide to do one of these for y'all or maybe add one every episode or something like that yeah do a fun little thing yeah and thank you so much for all of these questions this was fun they were really good really good questions made me think Well, everybody, until next time, be well, act with intention, and don't forget, you are magic. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington, 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. 
Bonfire Babble podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.